Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and Class in Session. I'm Pure Scott. Me, I belch into the uh, microphone at least once an episode, so I get it started for in the beginning. <laughs> so, welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by James the Face Anthony. How you doing today, James? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm better now. I'm excited. I saw that smile, and I was like, here we go. It's time. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm super happy to have you. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, James hosts a podcast and YouTube show called James's Kickback. You want to tell us about that show real quick? Absolutely. Thank you so much for um, mentioning it. So James's Kickback is, is my baby. It's my passion project. Um, and it is a show and podcast that I host on all podcast networks. And it's a YouTube show. So I record it live like we're doing right now. I mean, I interview celebrities and influencers on their careers, things that go on in their personal lives and really gives the fans and the viewers a real insight into who they are, as well as all of the artistry that they present. It's, it's something that I created just last year, um, and I've great, found great success in it. And so I, I can tell you, I've listened to it. It's well produced, and I love that it's not just that you're getting celebrities and talking to them, it's getting a look into what it is that they have to go through that people would not really understand. Right. I think that's commendable. And I feel like that insight comes from. Growing up in that industry and and having to walk in other people's shoes, is that where James's kickback comes from? Definitely. Part of um, uh, where James's kickback stems from is, is exactly that. You know, growing up, I always wanted to be a superstar. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. I couldn't sing, so I knew I wasn't going to be a singer. Um, and I have no <laughs> rhythm, so I knew I wasn't going to be a dancer. But I just knew that I was going to be some sort of superstar. And this was, in my opinion, God's way of opening the door of possibilities for me to see what that may look like for me. You know you're going to be a superstar, but I see somebody that loves making other people feel like superstars. <laughs> yes. Is that your superpower? Possibly, but it's a superpower I didn't know I had. I, I grew up a very vain child, might I add. Like, I didn't grow up, like, wanting to do the best. Oh, hold on. Were you trying to surprise me for a moment? Uh, for all of you that are in podcast land, I'm looking at a hot pink hat, beautiful nails. I think uh, you might be wearing some blush or... Something like it it's looks sweat. amazing, it's sweat, but not we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> You're fabulous. I love it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so yes, I do believe that the uh, my superpower did did unleash itself with um, sitting down with these people because again, I was interview. I wasn't interviewing like super A list people, but I was interviewing people that we all knew and we all wanted to know more about their stories and also what's going on with them now. And so that the nostalgic flair tapped into my brain a little bit as to where I um, was finding the people that I was interviewing for. And it was really, really, really exciting and really rewarding. You said that you started it, you know, a year ago. Obviously, we all know that's uh, when we were all swirling in the great bowl of hell and trying right. to figure out which way is up. And I think we still are now. But 
I've seen more and more in time and again since we've come out of this or are emerging on the other side of this pandemic, people discovered themselves while they were in there. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm a part of that number. I, I went to school initially for broadcast journalism back in 2014. And so I always had the niche to want to be like a talk show host or an interviewer of some sort. That's always been something I was interested in. But like for many people, college just wasn't the answer for me and I did not complete it. Uh, but I started doing other things. And so it was something that I sat on the back burner for many years. But when the pandemic came, I think everyone started to pick those things back off of the shelves that they once put there many years before to see, you know, if we can get this thing going now that I have. I love that you said that. That is what I've seen. Either A, you pick up a new talent you didn't know that existed, or you had the opportunity to go back and dust off those things that really came from the heart when they were actually created. They just weren't given the respect that they were due at the time. I had Gary DeFranco on, the uh, executive producer of the UFC, or uh, sorry, the uh, Ultimate Fighter the other day, and he was talking about a script book. I don't know how to describe it, but it was a... uh, like a teens diversity inclusion type of comic mm. with, and it was called not Uranus. And it was a guy that came from Uranus, but he was, <laughs> you know, getting with these other kids in this crew doing graffiti. But the whole thing was, is that he had pulled that off the shelf, something he had written in an inspirational moment yeah. and put it back. And so often in life, we find that we say, if I do this now and I put in the time now, Later, I can have my dreams. And that's not true. Yeah. That's the wrong way to do it. That's right. I think the pandemic gave us all the chance to realize that our dreams were just as attainable now as they were later. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that there's empowerment in that, right? There's like, mm. a, before the pandemic, like most of us got locked up in jobs. Some of us liked, some of us didn't. I know I was part of the committee that did not like the job. Like and in. job don't go in the same sentence. No, exactly. You know, and, and a lot of times, unfortunately, you can get blinded because it's a, um, immediate satisfaction. It's a paycheck. It covers bills. It may not be what you want to do, but you know that you could be secure with it. So a lot of times, unfortunately, people do put those dreams on the back burner so that they can continue with that instant gratification of a two week check or something. Whereas sitting down and doing your own thing requires you to actually sit down a lot of times and not get paid. And not know when the next check is going to come. But because your passion is what's fueling you, it's what keeps you going. And I think that was a hard lesson for me to even learn. Because just like you said, I'm one of those people that if I'm not getting paid, then my time is being wasted. But that is the complete opposite of what you should be thinking when you want to step into entrepreneurship or being a podcast host. Or picking up anything where you will be your own boss. It just requires a little bit more empowerment. When you strike out on your own, if you do strike out on your own, there's going to be two different scenarios. Either A, you're going to start doing it to fulfill that gap that society has told you that you have. And that is the need for material things, money, privilege, or the ability to, hell, look down rather than being looked down upon, which is not a good thing to be measuring your success, you know, at. It's not the right benchmark. And I feel like if you are in the second category, you're a person that is actually only pursuing an art. And that art can be anything. Art is not, it's not singing. It's not writing. It's not, it's all everything if it is coming from the heart. 
Yeah. And the business, the money, the other things, that'll follow. That'll come. And it'll show up when you need it because right. you're not trying to get it. Anytime we place importance on something, we don't get it. Right. 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 We just don't. That's so true. So, so kudos to you for finding that place where you feel accepted with yourself. Yes, yes. It took a journey. I will tell you, it took a journey, but I'm so grateful that I'm in a better place now than I was before with James's kickback. And that's all I could ask for. What's that journey look like? So you don't get to where you are in the pandemic to make these decisions and change your, your life course into a different direction. Right. What are some key moments that gave you or propelled you into the understanding of people that you have? Well, the, uh, loaded question, right? Okay, I don't, we don't mess around here, man. It's the tragedy academy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I So for me, I'm a preacher's kid. So I grew up a preacher's mm. um, child. My mother um, was an evangelist. My father is a preacher. And so I grew up in a Christian home, Christian backgrounds. We didn't even, me and my younger brother were the only two kids in the house. And, and we did not really know much about the secular world in general until we started going to school and like middle and high school and interacting with kids and things like that. And so I grew up very sheltered. But I remember being in the second grade watching the second cycle of America's Next Top Model with Tyra Banks. And I remember thinking to myself again, I know that I want to be a superstar and I know that I could probably do what they're doing on this television show and be a model, but I didn't see any guys there. And my parents were pretty closed minded. Mm, no, no representation of yourself on the screen to give you that extra push. No, no, not at the moment. At least not that I could see in the second grade, at least. I just didn't think <laughs> I got <that>. you. <laughs> and so I, but I do know that I was very enthralled with the runway walks. I was enthralled with the idea of photo shoots and all the themes and things. And I just, I had no idea how I, I would get there, but I just knew that I wanted to at least taste or get ex an experience of what that looked like. And so once I graduated high school, I went to community college again to pick up broadcast journalism because that just seemed like that made the most sense for me at the time. Just and like anything else makes sense. None of it does. We're not born with a job. That's why we don't have one. They don't issue us one. It's not part of our genetic code. It's just what we're guessing is going to get us to some happy place in life. Exactly. Exactly. And ultimately, I went to a college prep high school. And so the expectation was to go to college after school, even if you were undecided. You, the expectation was you to just go. And unfortunately, <laughs> I fell into that loop and ended up going to college and trying to um, go that route with my career. Things started happening in my life to where college just wasn't going to be my um, route to success. And so what I started doing was I hit the pavement with trying to find agents and photographers to start building a portfolio so that I can start modeling. Mm. And that was a little hard, too, because unfortunately, when I was a little younger, people, when I told people I wanted to model, no one looked at me and said, oh, I could see that. I never got that. Every time I told Ouch. people I modeled, they were kind of like, oh, like, <laughs> OK. <laughs> they gave you the JCPenney look. Exactly. Which, which catalog are you in? Are you page 32? <laughs> That's bullshit. I'd be so mad. <laughs> you right. gotta look at me like I'm a cover. 
<laughs> well, just, I mean, lie to me at least. Don't make me feel like that finger hunt catalog that I'm my grandma had. I'm just saying, Jay, that used to mess with me. That used to mess with me. And so I um, wanted to prove them wrong. And so I spent a lot of money and I worked with a lot of photographers over the next few years and started building a portfolio. And so I started shopping it to agents and I did not get representation until two years after I started modeling. Nobody wanted to represent me. I went to every every agency in San Francisco. Nobody eating hot garlic every day because you're a good looking dude. What were you doing? And you know, my mama told me the same thing. So I was a little confused. I was a little confused. Yeah, I would be confused too. That's why I'm like, I'm sitting here looking. I was like, what's the punchline to this shit? This is not right. It's funny now, but back then it was like, wait, what am I gonna do? Like, this is what I want to do, and I can't find any representation. And so one thing that I did. Did you believe in yourself then the same way you did later? Probably not. Not really. I I believed in the photos that I took and the money that I paid for the portfolio itself. But I think the where the problem was was in the what I was presenting when I was giving the portfolio. People don't realize when you're interacting with another human, it's a mirror. Yes. It will always be a mirror and they're viewing you the same and you're going to show you what you believe in yourself. And if you don't believe in what you're handing them, if you don't truly believe that that is the actual representation of who you are, right? it's not going to work. That's and right. even if they do take it, it's never going to work down the line because it's not real. Exactly. That's so, oh, that's so true. That's so true. And we don't know it. Exactly. Because it's a guessing game. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the problem that I was kind of running into at a certain point because I just, I didn't know what I was going to do. I said, this is what I stopped going to school for. If I'm going to be honest, I stopped going to school for this. I, I spent money that I didn't have at the time to put a portfolio together because I wanted to be able to compete. But I just wasn't getting signed. And so I'm so grateful that God has given me the skill set to do it yourself, and kind of that DIY spirit. And so what I did was I went online and did my research and said, okay, what do you do if you don't have an agent? Can you still apply for the certain same things as if you did? And what I found was that most, if not all things that I was trying to book and apply for, I can apply for by myself without representation. Like representation is nice to have. All these representation pieces and middlemen and things like that, are a multi-billion dollar industry within itself. When you put everybody into a creative space where they have to adapt and overcome and come up with new shit, you start to see how much of the industry can be leaned out. And creators now have a direct line to their patrons or whomever is listening or whatever their platform is. Shit like OnlyFans. Guess what? That ain't just for porn. It is now blowing up in so many ways because it's cutting out the ability to reach directly out to the, you know, the listeners. And I think that gives everybody a chance like yourself to rediscover what it's like to put untainted art out there. Yes. Yes, definitely. I, I And ditto to all of that. And that's ultimately what I had to learn in, in the long run. And that's how I ended up booking my first fashion show where I was petrified because all of the men in the room were gorgeous. The girls were gorgeous. I'm like, James, are you supposed to be here? Like, that's, I, that's too much for me. I'd, I'd flip the hell up. You know? I, I, 
No. Like, what's going on here? Like um, the a lot of the men and women look like they stepped out of a magazine. And unfortunately, because I had heard no so many times by that point, I just did not feel like I competed. And then I had to remember that they booked me just like they booked them. Here's the thing. <laughs> Have you ever worked, you know, in an office, right? Yes. You go in. So every morning you get up and you pick out what you're going to wear that day. And you think about it. And you put all this time into it and you're like, all right, no, 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 not this one, this one. I'm going to do all this and put it on, check in the mirror, just right, go to the office. What is everybody going to see today? This is my outfit. I'm going to be this way. All right. Now, go home that night and tell me what anybody else was wearing. Unless there was a very specific conversation about something, you know, Harold that's been wearing the same fucking shirt for six months. Aside from that, you won't be able to say what people were wearing the day before. Right, right. You only focus on yourself. And guess what? Everybody else is doing the same thing. They're only caring about what they're wearing in that moment. They're not looking at your clothes. They don't give two shits. They're looking at your face to see if it's judging their clothes. And if it does, they return with this face. Well, look at your clothes. Right. That's all it is. Right. It's a fucking game. Right. No, seriously. That and that's the, the, the best way of looking at it, honestly. And so that's what I had to learn as my my career went on and in modeling. And what happened was the good old pandemic came where there's runway shows weren't even a thing anymore. Like photo shoots were almost just for fun. If you weren't like a top top model like you weren't being called regularly like and I started to get into a place where I felt stagnant I felt Mm. stagnant I did not feel like um, I was progressing I felt like time was ticking I believe everybody in their 20s feel like they're going to turn like 50 in three hours if they don't get everything done like that they need why do you think that is you know because I think we live in a world now where unfortunately on social media people who are five or six years my junior are millionaires And so where I believe people now feel the need to compete or feel like they have to compete and things like that, just because it's more visible of people um, being a little more ahead of them, at least visually ahead of them nowadays. But I've never subscribed to that. But I will say that I just wanted to be, again, a superstar. And by 25 last year, I just did not feel like I was on my way there. And I felt like I was very far from getting there. And something very critical happened. I tell people this all the time, but it was around September of last year where I just was just in a funk, in a depression funk. And I remember getting in the shower and just crying. I was in in the shower for about an hour or so, just crying Mm. and really just crying out to God, asking him, like, what am I supposed to be doing? I wanted to be a model, but I am nowhere near where I thought I was going to be by this point. I wanted to do X, Y, Z, but it did not happen for me. And so I literally at that point was just desperate for direction. What am I supposed to be doing with my life? Good, good. All yeah. of that is supposed to happen because yeah. you're not you're not a model. Right. You look like a model, but you're not a model. Yeah. Right? I'm going to add an, an extra feeling to those 20s because I feel like in our 20s, we're the closest to our childhood. And in our childhood, we're the purest at heart and with our creativity and who we are. And I feel like the struggle of the 20s is the conformity to societal demands, looks, and understandings, and all of those things. And it's actually not supposed to be happening. 
We're not supposed to be going through that because it's not nature. It's not real. It's a forced reality. And we're actually fighting against it. And either A, you become a creator and you fall out of that line, or B, you tow the line, you become the sheep, and you get on the wheel and wait for the day that you'll get to do your happiness. As long as I work now and I save some money, someday I can do my dream. But yes. it never happens. Yes, yes. And that's so true. And I wish, I genuinely wish people had that mindset uh, more often, and including myself, because, again, I, I, I was down on myself a little bit last year during the pandemic. And not that, and not from the pandemic itself, because by nature, I'm a homebody. When they say y'all got to stay at home, I was fine. Like I was Oh, fine. yeah. That, I felt bad for a lot of people. First thing I thought was, how many kids weren't going to get their breakfast and lunch today? Mm. Because there was no school. Right. Right. And then I thought, how many deliveries can I get from Grubhub? Because <laughs> that's that was the only like I did feel bad. That's what right. I'm saying. The reality was not I, I was it wasn't something that I didn't notice. It, it really right. it pained me. And I recognized it very grateful yes. for the situation that I was in during that pandemic, as opposed to other people. Thank God. But recognizing that, you know, how many times do you remember Ace Ventura? <laughs> Did you ever watch those? Do you remember <laughs> yeah. when he was in the shower, like, you know, having his moment yes. you know, with a breakdown? I feel like I had so many of those as well. Wow. You know, and, and I'm with you. I think that it is honestly, it is our minds fighting back against this reality that we live in right now. Because yes. we're not supposed to hate each other the way we do. We're not supposed to twist things around. We're not supposed to... Like, thou shalt not judge is a loaded term. A lot of people don't understand that it means simply not giving something a rank in your mind's eye. Yeah. And that's very difficult to do because we're taught from day one. You have to select hot or cold, yes or no, right or wrong. It skews us in reality and away from our true nature. Definitely. Definitely. I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And it's what was interesting for me was in that moment where I was in just full and full desperation by this point. I remember my roommates, nobody was home. And I, I, again, I'm a preacher's kid. I'm used to getting loud when I pray. That's not new for me. And so I I was crying out. I was crying out. I wanted to make sure I I didn't care if the neighbors heard me. I didn't care if the people outside heard me. I don't care. I, because at that point I, I had no other option, but to put my faith in God, because that's all I was taught from childhood and when I went off on my own and tried to do my own thing where I was one of those Christians that I liked God to do certain things but not everything like I was okay with okay God can you get this section and I got this section like that's not how that works like you need to no it's not it's not there's a fine line inside of uh, society culture and religion we have let it get tainted over time with different definitions of what these rules are. Mm-hmm. And, and we step away from the fact that, first of all, every just about every religion has the same set of tenets. Yes. Uh, it's not, and that's not uh, by accident, by the way. It's that's right. It's started in the same damn spot. Nobody wants to acknowledge that. It's the same food, different seasoning. That, you know? Yes. Having the ability to recognize not taking on all of the fallacies that have been created around it from society, because, you know, people say things like that. What is it? Uh, Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, right? That's the word. 
right? right? And you have a group of people that get angry about that. They get angry when people say thoughts and prayers. And the reason why they're getting angry is not because they're saying thoughts and prayers. It's because they don't give a fuck about what they're saying. <laughs> right, right. That, that's that, that I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I'm like, it's cool if you want to have thoughts and prayers, please. Right. Amen, do it. I don't care what religion are you. Please, can you throw one in for me? But yes. don't give me a, don't give me a thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Yes, yes. I don't want that. That's not, you're not giving me anything. <laughs> That's so true. Like, it needs to be from an authentic place. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Authenticity. Absolutely. You scream authenticity to me. What does that mean to you? <sighs> authenticity. For for me, it, it for me it's what naturally comes to you as intentional. I believe that mm. for me, when it cut when it came down to that moment where I was looking for direction, I said, "Okay, God, this is my skill set that I've currently worked on." Again, I'm 25, so the skill set isn't that vast. Okay, like, but I wanted to make sure that, like, I wanted to know if I was doing the right things, right? And I wanted to make sure that um, I was going in the right path. And it was in that moment after I was done hollering and crying and doing all that, it was in that moment where God had put it to my mind and said, you know what, James, you need to go back into entertainment hosting, or at least looking into it. Because one thing that I think everyone learned from the pandemic as well is the art of pivoting in your career and building on your skill set. It's not no mm, longer, I like that. No longer can you just stick to one niche and that'll be your cash cow for the rest of your life. Everybody oh. eventually will have to pivot and learn how to build on their skill set in one way or the other. And so, I was told that you have to remain we had somebody on the other day that said you have to remain uncomfortable. Yes. If you're uncomfortable, you're not growing. Yes, that's exactly right. You have to, you have to learn that. And it's not a comfortable thing, right? You have to remember. No, change sucks, but it's the <laughs> only permanent thing in life. The only permanent thing in life is change. That's it. That's it. That's it. And you have to be able to um, learn how to adapt, especially if you are a creative person. Like, I, unfortunately, we live in a uh, society where everyone who has a good filter on their phones is a model. Everybody that can um, do what things that used to take so much skill sets, everybody can do that now. So you, the market, unfortunately, um, is watering a lot of us down. And that's something that I had to learn the hard way, unfortunately, because everything is just too accessible now for but, everyone. But see, here's, here's the argument, though. Yeah. They're watering down a shitty drink. It doesn't yeah. matter. You didn't need it to begin with. It's right. kind of like somebody pouring something into that glass at the bar that has like all the trash in it. It right. doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> right, right. And the industry, unfortunately, has its faults and the direction a lot of that has gone in. But that very night that God had given me this vision, I, I grabbed my laptop, got in my bed because I wasn't sitting at my desk at the time. I was just very fatigued. And okay, very so you, were, you weren't still in the shower. No, 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 no. Now with my laptop, we've, I wasn't. We've relocated. I didn't know if this was a whole praying session on the time. <laughs> if we've relocated, is this a moment? Did you yes. stop for a meal? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I love it. I love it. So I, uh, I got out of the shower, thank God. So there was no craziness happened. Hey, academics. Have you endured life's tragedies, trials, and tribulations? Did you adapt and overcome? Do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest? 
they email us a brief two to three minute video to show at thetragedyacademy.com and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And now back to class. And that's when I started to put it on paper and I said, okay, well, what kind of show am I going to have? What's going to be different than what everybody else is doing? Because as you know, in the pandemic, everybody has a podcast. Everyone, like everyone, they have dogs. No, I started mine a year before knowing that I wanted to do something big. I knew I had to make a change. I knew I wanted to do something that was different. And then boom, podcasts everywhere. I was like, holy crap. And again, you see an industry feeding on an industry too. Yes. There's that, that, that same agent area. Not that all agents are, are bad. Agents are good people too. Depends on what they're doing, right. how they're utilizing their skills, what their actual business construct is. Cause there's yeah. ways to represent people without any malice, no nefarious intent, anything That's like that. True. You know? Yes. Yes. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Yes. Right. We're in the season of change. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing some of the most horrifying things that we've seen. Yes. And we're seeing some of the most beautiful things yes. that have ever happened. When I see a young man like yourself, 25 years old, and coming up in this season of change, what, as a man of color, and what's, I don't even know how to, I have so many friends that are gay, but I don't ever use a term to describe them as gay when I'm talking to them. Thank you. Because it just doesn't exist. Because it's not a topic, right? Right. So, but as a man that's grown up gay and of color and in the entertainment industry, can you tell us what that's like? Yes. So for me, at least I can can speak from my experience and say- 100%. (laughs) I can speak from my experience and say that it was definitely hard for me. And it actually didn't start getting, it actually started getting hard for me before I even got into the entertainment industry. It was hard for me at home with a preacher as a father and a missionary. I didn't want to ask, but that was in the back of my head. I had a lot of questions, not necessarily prying type, because I grew up, my grandfather was a deacon of a Baptist church. Yeah. So I'm with you. I understand the dynamic of this and I, that struggle has, how does that look inside of a family with those types of tenants, religion? I mean, who you are. Yeah. So I will not lie. It was a struggle for me, especially growing up because I was pretty flamboyant as a child as well. And my parents were not experienced. They did not have many gay people that they hung around at all. And having someone that was this flamboyant as a child, <laughs> like, like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do with him? And at one point it wasn't like, oh my God, he's gay. It was, it was just like, oh my God, he's weird. Like, what are we going to do with him? And so I, I, for me, it was a little bit of a struggle, but I'm grateful that I did not have parents that shunned me out or anything like that. They made little comments and things, but I, I, looking back on it, I believe it was just based on ignorance and them just not knowing what to say or how to handle a child who is um, potentially going to be queer or is queer. They just didn't have that knowledge because they come. Is that a better word, by the way? So I, I like to ask questions. I'm, I'm, because I don't know what is the acceptable term all the time in different situations. Mm -hmm. And I hate labeling people. I really do. It's just so bizarre to me. And when we're having, say, a conversation like this, because I know that this is a real thing when somebody is on a quote unquote societal divide, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the hell it is. Not that I could give two shits who the hell you want to be with versus who I want to be with. Right. 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 It doesn't make any sense to me why it even is on anybody else's radar. Right. But when we're forced into this construct and we have to discuss 
who we are, so to speak. And in this particular situation, you use the word queer. Yes. I know that that's in LGBTQ, and I, I, but I'm not well-versed. That particular word, what does it mean specifically when you use that word? So for me, I describe queer, and you might get a few different definitions on this, FYI. But my, for my, for me, the definition of que- of queer pretty much um, coincides with being g- of the gay experience, right? Be of be mm. a fe- female or a male. You know, I believe queer is kind of like an overarching word that kind of describes another word to describe the community. Unfortunately, back in the day, it was more it's more so used as something that people used to bash our mm, community. Correct. Well, the word has a different meaning, and that's like strange or odd or not not normal or something along that line, which is shitty in and of itself. But I do right. like the fact that the community took the power away by embracing the word. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's kind of how I view the word queer, and that's how I use it, and I'm, and that's how I the people around me have used it, and so that's why I've adopted that vernacular a little bit. Yeah. I like it. That's why I ask because I want to use the right vernacular when these topics come up because make no bones this is the tragedy academy so we're discussing societal divides yeah and the only way that we learn is to ask questions if i haven't walked in somebody else's shoes i don't know what's acceptable through their eyes i have no idea what the lenses of experiences are that they have there's so many different ways that they can see and what i'm saying could be portrayed as something completely out of line when it's not or it isn't from that place and i feel more often than not a lot of our issues in society are from ignorance and misunderstanding of intent right right or utilizing somebody's i'll be honest sometimes on both sides there are people that have the wrong intent there are those people that take advantage of the fact that that intent is out there as a stereotype as a way to make somebody look as if they had that intent. Right. And that, that breaks my heart too, because that's not the one you do that to. Right. That's not the one you put on the carpet. That's the one that you have that education moment with. Exactly. Right? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm reaching hands across America for a second here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Know, we need these conversations. That That's what's so beautiful about this, Jay. We need these type of conversations. And I, what I think is so important, especially for men who are of the heterosexual experience, is to, like you just described, is reaching that hand across the table and saying, how can we be an ally? Because unfortunately, we still have men that are extremely homophobic. We have women who are homophobic as well, for very different reasons, if you ask. Oh, yeah, well, I was about to say, but if you're homophobic, it just means means that you have homosexual thoughts. That is just 100% the case. It is with anything. If you are being, you, we are the opposite always in our mindsets. If you are staunchly opposed to something, you're probably that, you know, congressman or whoever it was knocking on bathroom stalls when nobody's around. Hello. You know, and here's the reality. (laughs) That soul who's putting all that hate out there is only that way because they don't like the fact that they didn't get a chance to live the loving life that new grouping is getting to. And they don't even realize that's why they're doing it. They don't even know that's why they're hurting all those young men, women in these situations. It's because they weren't allowed to be who they wanted to be. Yeah. Because this isn't like it's a new fucking discovery. Right. Right. It's normal. (laughs) Exactly. It's it is normal. It's been around. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But but they weren't allowed to. Where did you grow up, by the way? 
Bay Area, Oakland, um, Oakland, California, born and raised. Okay, okay. So I'm trying to get a, a dynamic. So if you grew up in, you know, with faith and in the church, and I, I can't imagine that your family, while they are supporting mm-hmm. and they are loving and they are accepting of who you are because there's no reason not to accept who you are, that can't be the same every day at church. No, <laughs> no, not at all. I, uh, yeah, I went through a phase with church where I just was not wanting to go mm-hmm. as a teenager. I just did not like the scrutiny that I was um, experiencing, if I'm going to be completely frank. I went to a rather larger, larger church. It wasn't a mega church, but it was larger than a community church. And so there was enough people there and other gay men there as well. But the difference between them and I, and I didn't learn this until just a few years ago, but the difference between them and I was that I was a flamboyant gay. In 12th grade, I started wearing makeup to church. And so it was no discretion at that I point. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just have to say that for a minute. All joking aside, I love you for, for being you. That is who I see. I didn't do that. That's another part of this show is that there is a tragedy in not being authentic throughout your childhood and your young adult life and things like that. The not being allowed to do what you're doing is it sucks. And, and I love seeing you do it. Yes, I did it because it felt natural to me. But the um, other guys in the church, they still had a boyish aesthetic. They still carried themselves very masculine. Like they, they, they still like even flirted with girls just to get the eyes off of them. Just so no one mm. can kind of suspect. That's and sad. It, yeah, it, it was sad. But it was also it, for me, it was a little annoying as well. Not going to lie. Just because at that age, I felt like, why am I being singled out and not them? A lot of these guys, unfortunately, were not as incognito as they thought they were. Um, <laughs> They're never incognito. Right. And so I was just a little perturbed at some of those earlier stages on how certain people were able to get away with things and I wasn't. I've gotten older and gotten past a lot of that. But at the time, it was very hard for me. Because you recognize now that in that situation of the two people that were suffering, it was them more than you. Exactly. And some of them, unfortunately, are still suffering because a lot of them want of course. to continue to feed this dream or this mold that was given to them at an early age or even the mold that society gave them. Either way, it's not the mold that they want to be in. And unfortunately, they're wasting time with like dating all these women that they know they don't want to be with, having babies that they don't want to have. It's just, it just is crazy. That's, that's, see, and you bring up a great point because there are two different scenarios. There's someone that's being authentic and growing up from day one, I firmly believe that we should support everybody and whomever they want, you know, whatever orientation, whatever it is. Yes. That said, there is an onus on somebody that portrayed themselves one way for an extended period of time. There is an onus to allow the people that they're trying to get to accept them with their new belief or their new mannerisms because some people change and let loose and do these things and it can it's confusing to somebody that has known someone one way for an extended period of time and then have to accept them with a different personality or a different viewpoint or it's not that the person doesn't love them Right. It's that they're confused. Exactly. It's like holding a teddy bear and having it turn into a giraffe. They're both soft, you know, like a stuffed animal. They're both soft. You want to hold them. They're still there, but it's a giraffe. It's not a teddy bear. That's right. Still a stuffed animal, 
So it's confusing. I don't know if that analogy works or not. Oh, no, it Did does. I just it like the does. entire, uh, the LGBTQ community is be like, we're not teddy bears. <laughs> 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 Wait a minute. My friend Nick would tell me he did give me a, uh, a very good lesson. We went to the Madonna concert mm. and he was walking through all the different people who were in Miami. Very dear friends of my wife and I, Nick and Frank. He's the second emergency contact on my phone. But we went to a Madonna concert in Miami and that that woman is awful man she's she's an amazing artist but she does not care about people she no. left the ac off in that joint cuz she said it was too hot for her and and then all these people in the crowd they they just love being abused by her i swear to god oh yeah it's like some kind of, some kind of sickness so i'm just standing there all <laughs> fat and sweaty and angry and <laughs> just play material girl or something right <laughs> but he was showing me <laughs> it sounds horrible he was walking through different types of gay men and he was like okay so this is a viking you see this one over here and this is a bear and this is a daddy and those are and he was walking me through them i was getting a class <laughs> Yes, all the subcategories of the gay community. Yes, yes. I, and uh, you know, I asked him. I was like, "Well, so what am I?" And he's like, "You're kind of a daddy, kind of a bear, kind of a Viking." He's like, "You kind of got a lot of things going on." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd agree. I would agree. I, you're definitely giving daddy Viking vibe, and I, I'm, I, yes, yes. There could be worse. There could <laughs> be agree. worse. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Where did this show go? Where? What? Oh man! I'm. They're gonna. We're just vibing. I'm throwing the equipment in the river after this. It's over. <laughs> Canceled. James. So these interviews. Yes. I'm curious when you look at these artists because I see that you you go back to artists that have been set to the wayside. They're no longer in the limelight. They've quote unquote their star has burnt out or something along that lines. You sit them down in the chair and let them tell us where they are, who they are. Yes. And what happened afterwards. Why is that important to you? Well, because uh, the reason why that's important to me is because a lot of the people that I interviewed or have reached out to for interviews were people that I grew up with. Like some of the names that I interviewed, like Camille Winbush from the Bernie Mac show. We all know what? who she is. Yes. I love the Bernie Mac show. Rest in peace, Bernie. Yes. I love Classic. that show classic and i was i was really enthralled with um i thought that vanessa for the time period she was what the um, teenage girls looked like at the time very fresh face very very she like, was very natural looking constantly exactly. she always looked natural there was no yeah. act in that look none none and for somebody like that i really wanted to um and it just happened that she had come out um not she but there was a recent scandal with her and her only fans um at the time that i interviewed her and so it just made for me the stars just aligned with trying to get a story from her on what happened with her career post bernie mac um and for somebody like her who has a long catalog of work that she did and even kyla pratt and people like that that i found um, I feel like public-wise kind of plateaued a little bit. I thought it was very important for me to bring them in, have a discussion on where are you at? How did it feel when you felt like the world was um, slipping by? Um, you know, and things like that, or the industry was like moving in a direction without you. And it just it's just really, really important for me because, again, these were faces that I grew up with or names that I remember from their music. Mm. And so I know if I'm curious to know what's going on with them, I know there's other people that are curious to know what's going well, on with I, them. Is there a little bit of looking behind the curtain to see if that might be your demise as well? 
Oh, definitely. I Yeah, right? There's a little bit of, there's a fascination with these things. And we tend to look at the things, we focus on the things that we feel most connected to. Yeah. And it's probably a double-edged sword. There's, will yeah. I end up? Or how did they take and swap fame or fortune or something like that with something more meaningful? Yes. Where did they find that new, you know, wholeness? Exactly. Exactly. I, I think about that, unfortunately, all the time with, because now most boys know how to do makeup. Like when I first started like going outside and makeup and stuff, it was still kind of like a taboo thing. But now like, that's like almost oh, the norm. They jacked your style, man. They like, jacked your stuff. That's yes, all. I got online a few years back and I was like, wait a minute, where do all these boys come from in makeup? And James Charles, what the, what? Like I didn't TikTok, get it. TikTok will change your life and also kill your faith in humanity when it comes to makeup in some places. Exactly, exactly. So I was like, what's going on here? But um, (laughs) for me, I, like I said, because God has now given me the knowledge of the art of pivoting, it is in, and now it is imperative for me to um, always make sure that I'm in a position where I'm growing. And like you said, being uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. continuing on growing, because that's what's going to continue to bring people success, including myself. Like that that is what's going to keep bringing you success. And they could bring set out 75 other Jameses in the room, but there's only going to be one James to face. That's right. Yeah. And see, I love that. Okay, so full disclosure, I'm old as hell, right? So I loved 80s wrestling. Yes. 80s wrestling was the best. And I swear to God, James the Face Anthony <laughs> sounds like a badass. Hey. To I can hear funk music. I can see somebody so fucking cool that comes in and tells the other wrestler the fuck is going on. It's in my mind. As soon as I was like, James, the face. Yeah. I can see I it. love that. <laughs> I love that. You I have to, love you, that. You need to do an 80s intro once. An 80s wrestling intro once for your show. Yeah. Come in fabulous. Down. Like Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. I think for me, James, the face actually was inspired because I was talking to a guy at the time. You know, at one time, Instagram names were getting funny, like 45 underscores were in the name. It started getting really stupid. And so he said, if you want to be easily recognizable online, you need a name that's easy to spell. You don't need a whole bunch of characters in it, but you need something that's going to be brandable. Yep. And James, the face just made the most sense for me at the time. It is something that I've kind of stuck with. And so what's what um, not to take a grim turn for the worse, but as of recently, when we go back to authenticity, my um, my mother passed away last Monday. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a process. Um, she passed away from stage four breast cancer. None of us oh knew she had it. My, my mom actually has stage four lung cancer right now. Oh, my, my, my prayers. My prayers are um, to you and her. It's because this you. is not. This is not something that's um, easy to deal with. And she was in the hospital and in a week she had um, transitioned. And so we didn't really have a lot of time to really even navigate this entire thing. But one thing that I have learned just in the last few days is the importance of ceasing the moment, like carpe diem. You know what I mean? Like making sure that you are putting your best foot forward every single day because life can be gone in the blink of an eye. And I've always heard that it sounds like um, a Hallmark card. Like I, we've heard this before, but it's not it's until so you true. are in the shoes where you realize how real that statement is. Well, 
Here's here. Let me ask you a question. Have yes. you ever been to yesterday? Mm. No. Have you ever been to tomorrow? Nope. It's always when now. Yes. It's always now. You have to embrace now. The only truth that we actually have in existence is now. Yes. Everything else is a hunch or it's something that's happened that'll never happen again. Yes. It's impossible. Something exactly. similar can. You know what's funny right now behind you the uh your sequin banner looked like a sonogram for a second. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like over your shoulder it looks like I was like I'm like <laughs> I was like is this a gender reveal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it just threw me completely off for a second. Yes. Oh, that was that, that, that was planned all along, Jay. Like you know. That. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know it yet. No, I want to say again my condolences uh, oh. for for your loss. And it's funny the show that uh, is releasing Monday, which this will be a little bit later. But it's a friend of ours. Her name is uh, Jennifer Menendez. She has a podcast as well. <laughs> Go figure. Mm. But we discussed uh, her. She was a caregiver for her mother with breast cancer. And she was there through her end times and and dealing with that that caregiver family moment and, and all the, the pain and different things that can go through it. And how we need to normalize death. Yes. We need to normalize the discussions that surround it. We need to make it, it's just as beautiful as birth. It's no less beautiful, yet we, and it's gonna happen. Yeah. If for some reason we toil over it so much that we will create an entire reality so that we don't have to talk about it. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's, in all honesty, if we look around at the world, we look around at what everybody's doing. The only thing that we're not doing is just stopping, looking to our left and right and saying, fuck is this? Right. Instead, we're playing like this eternal game of chicken. Right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That's why we give away our time mm. to mindful moments. Yeah. I say this to all the creators that come on the show. We're responsible, right? Yes. Everybody goes out there and meditates, and that is a mindful moment. But what people don't realize is the people that don't meditate are donating their mindful moments because they're afraid to think for themselves. So they lock it into TV shows. Right. Or things like that. And they focus on it and they donate that 30 minutes or that one hour of time to it. So now the onus is on the creator. Do I utilize this time for good? Because this is my art. Right. If it's my art and if I'm truly doing it from that perspective then the onus is on me to give that person the most heartfelt piece that I can yes. and in the best way that I can so that they can consume it the way it was intended. Definitely. So we got to own our mindful moments as creators. Yes. That, it's very important because if anybody hasn't been looking, we tend to do as a society everything that we put on the screen in advance. Yes. Anybody ever wonder why that is? We tend to write our future. It's because... We can do anything. We're just choosing that direction right now. Yes. That's it's going to change. Exactly right. People like James the Face Anthony giving people a voice when their star seems to have faded out when it's not. It just needs to be put back up on a mantle so that everybody can see it for what it was. Yes. Society dims so many lights. And they're not supposed to be put away. They're supposed to be kept out and admired and seen for what they are. 
if they're truly, truly what they're meant to be. Definitely, definitely. And I think, and to that point, because you bring up such a good point, what I find is there is, like, for people like Britney, for Madonna, for Justin, Mm. those people are, like, timeless in terms of, like, people will always know their names. But unfortunately for, like, Black creators like myself, there's an expiration date for us. Like, once we've plateaued or or we've gotten to a height, it's downhill from there. And I really want to make sure that that is something that, especially with what what I'm contributing to the space, that's something that I am breaking down. And just those those ageist ideas and just making sure that people know that as long as you have breath in your body and you have a creative mind, that you could still be useful. It's even, even more than useful. You are good enough the way you are. Absolutely. The success, the limelight, the looks, those should be second. Because if you don't think you're a star already, you're never going to be a star on the stage. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. It I think I should end on that. I think I should end on that. That was a pretty good line. I'll go yeah. ahead and stop it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was, that was the benediction right there. Honestly, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Giving me the ability to ask things in an open forum. It's hard for everybody out there to ask questions that give them a better understanding of the human experience from a different set of eyes. And if I can sit here in the hot seat and ask questions real time that I know other people have, I am grateful that you are willing to step out of your shell or your comfort zone or whatever it is. Maybe not even that because you're just James face. <laughs> so you're always comfortable, but giving me the opportunity to learn from you and putting that out there for everybody else to hear. So I just want you to know, I appreciate you. I see you. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. I was telling someone earlier, I said, I'm not really used to being interviewed. I'm used to doing what you're doing right now, like asking the questions and getting the answers. I am not used to being interviewed myself. And so I, this has been a great experience for me. I'm so thankful that you have made it so comfortable for me to um, speak my truth here. Um, And I I cannot wait to see what the future holds for both you and I and the Tragedy Academy. Oh, we'll be, we'll be working together. That's right. We're working together. Absolutely. (laughs) Everything happens for a reason so thank you so much for coming on i genuinely appreciate it and all of you out there just look up uh, on youtube it's james's kickback is the podcast and youtube channel as well as on all social media you can find him at at james the face that's j-a-y-m-e-s the face yes you like that i got it right i was gonna say i don't don't have anything else to add (laughs) look at that that's right right. (laughs) thank you so much thank you remember everybody be cool and keep learning hey academics thanks again for attending another class at the tragedy academy you can show us some love by subscribing downloading and rating us five stars on apple podcasts spotify and stitcher or ask amazon alexa to play the tragedy academy podcast you can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at thetragedyacademy.com. You can find us on all the majors of social media on Instagram at The Tragedy Academy 2019, on TikTok at The Tragedy Academy, and on Twitter at Tragedy underscore Academy, where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows, updated info, and thoughts. If you'd like to be a guest, send an email to show at thetragedyacademy.com. Keep an eye out on Instagram for Tragedy Academy giveaways. Thanks again for coming to class. And remember, be cool, keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year. 
that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care, They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to thetragedyacademy.com. Go to our sponsors tab and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.